Reading from the Gospel according to John in the 10th chapter. At that time, the festival of the dedication was taking place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I look at you all and think, what a bunch of sheep. Actually, I don't. I don't think of sheep when I look at you. I don't think of sheep very often at all. That's not the world I live in. Or that you live in. Most of us have little to nothing to do with sheep. Even so, the sheep imagery continues to resonate. You may never have met a shepherd in your life. But when you hear, the Lord is my shepherd, a comfort, a peace comes over you in a way that would not if, say, we said, the Lord is my tax preparer. The Lord is my attorney. The Lord is my real estate agent. All of those fine professions, but not the same sentiment. The Lord is my shepherd. Kings were compared to shepherds. It was God's expectations that kings would serve and care, provide for, protect, as does a shepherd, rather than be served and cared for, provided for, and protected. The Gospels further this shepherd imagery, and again, without any real connection to the profession, the analogy works for us. When Jesus says he has compassion for the Israelites who are like sheep without a shepherd, we can imagine what that's like. You need to have only been lost once from your parents as a child to get a feel for what it's like to be without a shepherd. It's a disconcerting feeling that is only surpassed by the parent's anxiety looking for that child who has been lost from her. Not a good feeling to be like a sheep without a shepherd. Sheep need a leader. They need someone to call them, to to direct them. Without a leader, sheep scatter. They, They wander, get lost. I don't think it's on purpose. I don't think sheep make conscious decisions about breaking from the fold. We're not talking about rebellious sheep here. We're not talking about renegades. A 
sheep doesn't blaze his own trail. But a nice patch of grass looks nice, looks good, inviting. He wanders over to, to taste it. A few moments of lingering won't hurt anything, he rationalizes. Actually, doesn't. Sheep don't rationalize. But they get tempted. He's tempted by that delicious-looking grass. Sheep falls out of line. The herd moves on. He remains behind. He looks up, but in the wrong direction. Sees another inviting patch of grass and moves toward it. Now he's further divided from the fold. The sheep did not decide, today's the day. Today I'm breaking out. I'm getting out of this oppressive sheepfold. I've got to ramble on. He had no plans to ramble on. No desire to do something wrong. He certainly wasn't interested in endangering himself. But all of a sudden, something caught his eye. Some irresistible patch of grass. And he strayed. And his world became lonelier and more dangerous than it had been before. He's beyond the immediate protection of his shepherd. Beyond the comfort of his fellow sheep. If we were animating the scene, storm clouds would gather. Thorns would start to surround him. Wolves would creep up. Jesus animates the scene another way. The shepherd comes across the horizon. Having left the other 99 sheep, the shepherd comes to throw that lost sheep over his shoulders to rescue it and bring it back. It's the shepherd's sheep. And he isn't going to lose it forever. Not if he can help it. Not if there is anything that he can do to bring that sheep home. Like thorns gathering around our lost sheep. Some antagonists surround Jesus. As if his works, words, and spirit hadn't demonstrated plenty. They want to know if he's the Messiah. Tell us plainly, they say. The plainer he says it, the easier he'll be to convict. They know. They don't want him to be guilty of being the Messiah. They want him to be guilty of saying that he's the Messiah. Rather than linger in the Messiah debate, Jesus recasts the conversation. He talks about sheep, that they know him, that they know his voice. They know who he is, they know what he's like, and he knows them. He knows his sheep. And when a shepherd knows his sheep, he cares for them, provides for them, protects them, goes and finds his lost sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life, saves them. Sandy, our church receptionist, told us in staff on Tuesday that she spent a year working with sheep. We were all impressed. She said after spending that year with sheep, she sometimes feels a bit insulted when Jesus compares us with sheep. They're not that bright, she confirmed. 
of us thought that was probably rather on for Jesus to assume of us. Sheep aren't the only ones who aren't that bright. None of the sheep, none of Jesus' sheep have made all their right choices. We've all shown plenty of dimness over the years. I like that Jesus chose shepherd as his self-image. He didn't linger on Messiah and all the baggage that brings up for people. He didn't use his power to prove that he's the Son of God or force belief and obedience out of people. He was secure enough in his divinity to say he's a shepherd. To save as would a shepherd. He served. He led. Protected. Provided. He sought. And called. And saved. He did those things, of course, during his ministry, his lifetime, before his crucifixion. We might wonder then, why do we celebrate the Good Shepherd Sunday in the middle of the Easter season? I know you've been wondering that. I have too. And I haven't found a satisfactory answer for it yet, but but here's one thing I know. Jesus wasn't only the Good Shepherd before crucifixion. Those weren't just attributes of His ministry before He was crucified, before He was resurrected. Jesus' ministry continues. He's still our Good Shepherd. So it's not that Jesus served. He serves. It's not just that He led. He leads. He protects provides, seeks and finds, calls and knows his sheep by name and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Still know his voice. It wasn't just back then. It still is. Still time for the good shepherd's sheep to listen. To listen. To his voice and follow. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning that that I don't do enough of, and maybe you could do a little more as well. I want you to listen for the Good Shepherd's voice right where you are, right now. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Let those other voices go. Breathe in slowly. Listen. Maybe you're feeling distracted by a green patch somewhere. Listen to his voice call you back. Maybe you think the thorns and wolves have you trapped. Listen for his footsteps to come rescue you. Maybe you've forgotten that the good shepherd loves you. He calls you by name. Listen for his voice.